Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly. Judy, girl, I am so excited to talk to you today. You give me a lot to think about. Well, hope is a big topic. Yes, it is. It is a big topic. (laughs) And we've had such an impactful thing. Yes, yes, yes. Impactful. Well, and I know you have uh, something you'd like to interject into this conversation today. So I am anxious to hear what the spirit, how the spirit has moved your mind and your heart. Yes, yes. And and of course, like we just said, we've been discussing hope for the last few sessions. And last week, of course, we talked about hope in trials. And, and I just wanted to share with you, sister, that during that session, you said something that stuck with me ever since then. And what you said was that those who have endured heartache and struggle have the most powerful and persuasive stories that bring God glory. And I found that such an encouragement. And one thing that it reminded me of is my past struggle with binge and emotional eating and the guilt and the shame that often goes along with that. So, sister, with your permission, I think this is a good time to discuss hope in forgiveness because the enemy wants to trap us in shame and guilt and condemnation if we're stuck in addictive behaviors and what he wants is to rob us of hope. But through the power of God's word and his grace, we can restore our ability to forgive ourselves and to forgive others, to heal and to move forward in hope, which is what our aim is during this series. So Judy, I'm going to ask that you pray us in and also lead us in the series focus verse because you've given us an assignment during this study as well. So will you do that, please, sister? I would love it. Thank you. Gracious, gracious, gracious Lord. You are the one and only source of reliable hope. And that's because you died that we might have life. That is our hope, that you died and then rose. That is the basis of our hope. So I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to our listeners today as Kim presents your holy word. You've promised that your word never goes out and return void, but it's used for your omniscient purpose. Have thy way in our hearts and our lives. We ask in the hopeful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And yes, Miss Kimberly, I have been encouraging our listeners to memorize, and I'm sure they have it now. So as we say it together, I'm sure they are saying it with us, which is Romans 15, 13, which says, May May the the God God of hope. hope Fill you you 
with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love that verse. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? It is awesome. And thank you, sister. And as I mentioned for our session this week, we're going to be talking about hope and forgiveness, which is a huge topic. And the focus verse for this particular session is Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 through 24. And I'll cover that one. And it says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. And that really has been one of the main things that we've been talking about through this series is to ensure that our hope is in the right place. To repeat that last sentence, therefore, I hope in him. And one of the other things this particular scripture talks about is the Lord's mercies. And we let's praise, take a moment to praise God for his mercy. Oh, where would we be without his mercy? Where would we be without his grace? But as I was contemplating this particular statement, I was thinking that the sad thing is sometimes we can withhold mercy from ourselves when we need it most to heal from addictive behaviors. We need compassion. And so I just want to share that for years and many of you know my story, but just for those who are new to our session here, um, Stirring Words, our our um, our podcast, I just want to say that for years I was trapped in that same destructive cycle of, of binging and withholding food for myself and overeating and all of those food disorders. And there was a season when I kept my binge foods close to me and they tempted me. At that time, I was a registered nurse, so I will often use food as a mean of stress management. When I completed my shift, I would go home and sometimes I would buy a Pepperidge Farm coconut cake and I would come home and I would eat a couple of slices because that was my way of making myself feel special. And I would have a couple of slices of that cake. But then eventually it was like the cake would talk to me and say, Kim, come eat me, come eat me. And I took the bait. And I would use the entire cake as my slice and just eat from it with a knife and a fork until the cake was gone. And once that binge was over, a nasty voice would just berate me about how awful I was for taking the bait and doing that to myself. So once I got healed and I lost 85 pounds through God's great mercy and his wisdom, he shared that with me. But once I got healed, it led me to a question. And the question was, do people who are trapped in sugar addiction or other addictions think differently than those who are not? And during my research, I got my answer from psychologist Dr. Lee Jampolsky, and he's written extensively about the origins of addiction and the mindset that feeds it. 
And I want you to pay attention to this quote because we're going to unpack it and we're going to talk, talk about some strategies as to how to forgive ourselves and, and, um, and restore our hope. But also we're going to talk about some exercises to deal with this mindset from the roots to pull it up. And this is his quote. It says, what continues people in the path of addiction is their own self-judgment, their lack of forgiveness, their own criticism to themselves, their own belief that they have done unforgivable things, their own shame and their own guilt for all of the things that they have done. But they don't want to look at that because they believe that it's real. So they continue in the same patterns because it somehow pushes it away for a moment, a week, or however long it might be. And so these thoughts that he's talking about, the self-judgment, the lack of forgiveness, self-criticism, I call thoughts like these dark thoughts. And we know that the devil lives in darkness. In fact, the origin of the word devil comes from the Greek word diabolos, which means slanderer or accuser. So just a moment, I want you to imagine someone pointing a finger at you, saying the worst things about you. Would you stand for that? And unfortunately, many of us do because we allow a bully to live in our minds. And when you allow slander or accusation to rule your mind, then mental strongholds are built. They make you feel so hopeless because that's what the enemy wants. He wants to rob us of hope that they can even drive you to immoral behavior. So Judy, I am just curious about this, this topic of, of self-criticism, lack of forgiveness, all of these negative things where the enemy wants us to live in darkness. Have you or have one of your clients experienced mental bullying where they allow shame and guilting, condemnation to operate within them to the point that it robs them of hope that they will ever change? You know, Kim, first of all, I have to say this makes me really sad because help me with the verse because it's a familiar verse. Is it Romans 8 that says there is now no condemnation for those who follow Jesus? Yes. And so to keep carrying around those words, just just scream at me, self-judgment, lack of forgiveness, self-criticism, guilt. I mean, that is a heavy burden that Jesus died to get rid of. And yet I know it is common. I would say probably especially in women who carry around self-criticism and guilt and even self-loathing. So when you ask me, my experience is similar but different. In that the message I was given and learned as a child was not good enough. So the lie I heard, you know, I I had seven A's and a B and that was not good enough. I, you know, whatever, whatever it was, 
for my biological dad, it was never good enough. So that's the lie. That's the lie that I believe. But when I think about it, all of these things, whether I am in a place where I'm believing I'm not good enough for whatever it might be, or any of our listeners are are carrying around guilt or shame or I can't or whatever, it, it goes back to what you and I have talked about so many times, Kim. It's actually pride because it says, okay, Jesus died that I might have life. Your Lamentations verse, his mercy is new every morning. Oh, but not enough for me. Not enough for what I did. Not enough for how not not enough I am. That, brothers and sisters, is pride. Because your eyes are back on you saying, oh yeah, I know Jesus died a horrific death and rose again. But that wasn't enough to cover my shame and my guilt. So I think we all carry it a little differently. But pride is pride. Whether it's pridefully saying, I'm all that, or if it's pridefully saying, oh, he couldn't forgive that. It's all pride. Absolutely, sister. Absolutely. And that's one thing I've written to TBYT readers. Sometimes I'll get some of that through the emails I receive and and I'll point out a, a promise from God about deliverance from that and ask the person, do you see the words except for your name there in the Bible? <laughs> you know, it applies to you too. Ooh, nail them, sister. Nail well, them. I'm not trying to nail them, but I'm trying to give a reality check. And it's the truth delivered in love that, that we have to remember that, yes, God's promises apply to us, too. And it's the enemy who wants to get us trapped in that except for me, you know, way of thinking. But, Sister Judy, I do want to say that just to delve into Dr. Jim Polsky's statement that I mentioned. And, and one of the things that struck me in that statement was he talked about the denial that people with addictive mindsets have. And the statement was, but they don't want to look at that because they believe that it's real. And see, that point of don't want to look at it, to overcome, it is necessary that we have that courage to look, to examine these lies and see what God's word has to say about it. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit showed me was that our unwillingness to look inside ourselves to determine what's going on in our minds compares to children afraid of the boogeyman. And this is something I also wrote to a TBYT reader at one point. And I wrote to her, do you know how a child might be scared to enter a dark room because they believe a boogeyman lives in the closet or under the bed and is going to get them? The only way to dispel that child's fear is to expose those dark places to the light so that they can see that the boogeyman was only in their imagination and not real. And so there's only one way that we can know the truth, and that is to confront the lie. Because there is an old saying that you cannot conquer what you will not confront. 
So this is a powerhouse scripture, and this is prescriptive for overcoming any shame or guilt or lack of forgiveness so that we can restore our hope. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and it describes the process. And it reads, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that means do not let these thoughts that contradict God's word go by. We must confront them and use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So what we're going to do here for a second is we're going to break down the addiction feeding mindset that Dr. Jim Polsky mentioned and provide answers for it from God's word. So Sister Judy, I'm, I'm recommending to our listeners that they have a note-taking device so that they can write down the mental arguments and the scriptures that take these thoughts captive. And then we'll talk a little bit more about my experience with shame and guilt, but let's go ahead and cover these scriptures. And the first one is that self-criticism. And the scripture that combats that is Psalm 139, 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. And that's reminding ourselves that we are children who are created on purpose and for purpose by God. And he created us exactly the way that he wanted us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And then the next thing he talked about, Dr. Jim Polsky, was self-judgment, condemnation. And you mentioned this scripture earlier, Judy. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And see, the good news is that the Lord will meet us exactly where we are. So if we're, we've been stuck or in bondage to addiction to food or any other thing, God will meet us where we are. And he will give us the wisdom that we need and the strength that we need to move forward. But see, it's the enemy who wants to rob us of hope and say that there's no way that I'm going to change. Well, no, you're not going to change by yourself. But with the Lord, all things are possible. And he says in Romans 12, 2, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's another scripture that tells us that change is possible. And so we have to hold on to that and recognize that our hope is in him and his good work within us, not in ourselves. And so here's another mindset that Dr. Jim Polsky talks about that feeds the addictive mindset and tries to rob us of hope. And that is lack of forgiveness of others. And Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 gives us the scripture to combat that. And it says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And that is in recognizing how much the Lord has forgiven us. And then finally, this scripture. And we're talking about lack of self-forgiveness, shame, and guilt. Other mindsets that feed the addictive mindset. If we allow ourselves, allow thoughts like this to roam in our minds and not do anything to combat them. But here are three scriptures that help combat 
uh, lack of self-forgiveness, shame and guilt. This first one is first John chapter one, verse nine. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That applies to all of us. He will forgive. There's no entry in the Bible that says except for you. But he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He's just puts the emphasis back on God and his wonderful generosity. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the next one is first Corinthians chapter six, verse 11. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. And in this scripture, the apostle Paul is talking about the difference in believers in Jesus before BC and after when he talks about all the sins that they were engaged in. But notice he says, and such were past tense, some of you. And he talks about the difference of being in Jesus. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So when the enemy tries to come in, and convict you and and talk about how awful you are for the things that you're doing. You remind him of the truth. That's how I was, but I am in God now. I was washed. I was sanctified. I'm justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And then finally, he says here in Revelation chapter one, verse five through six, to him who loved us, and washed us from our sins in our own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and father to him. Once again, putting the emphasis on our Lord in whom we have hope to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So these are truths that we need to be sure that we are putting our hope in truths from God's word. And when we do that, we can forgive ourselves for those times in the past in which we may have forgotten them and gotten back into the old behaviors, the destructive behaviors. But we have to recognize that, wait a minute, I'm going to remind myself of the truth and I'm going to forgive myself in recognition that sanctification is a process. So now that we've talked about these truths, I'm exhorting you to be diligent, to plant them into your mind through daily meditation upon them. And I'm challenging you to think of these scriptures, all the scriptures indeed that we cover in stirring words, think of it as spiritual food, just like taking in physical food. We must take in God's word, break it down for digestion, and then assimilate it, which makes it a part of us through our daily actions. And this is not a one and done deal especially if we have addictions that have been with us for a long time. So, Sister Judy, I'm going to ask if you have any comments or or questions about what we've talked about so far. Well, this is such a big topic, and I just want to again affirm you, Kim, that you've been willing to just be so honest with our listeners and say, look, I sat down with a fork and ate a whole 
coconut cake. Yeah. I mean, good for you for just saying, look, I've been there. I've done that. I've been ruled by food and by the grace of God and through the power of his holy word, he changed my affections. Yes. And the only comment I would say is to remind our listeners that old habits die hard. And Satan does not want your affections to be changed. Satan does not want you to believe God's grace and truth and forgiveness. Satan loves it when you are muddling around in shame and powerlessness and, oh, poor me, God, uh, Jesus died for everybody, but my sins were too big. Oh, Satan loves that. So Kim has stated rightly, the only way to battle those lies is with God's truth. And so I just encourage you to surround yourself with those verses. Pick one or two that just hit you where it hurts, where your heart hurts, and surround yourself with it. Post it on your refrigerator. Put it on your on your desktop of your computer. Um, have it in your pocket. I mean, when I'm really chewing on a verse, I always have it in my back pocket and my coffee's being made or, you know, I'm waiting for something to warm up or whatever it is. I pull it out of my pocket and I say it and I say it and I say it until finally it's memorized. And that is your armor, listeners. The word of God is your armor. And it will defeat the accuser who is throwing these lies in your face. And, you know, I've said it a million times before, I hate the devil. And you know what? When you start feeling those those feelings of guilt and shame, you just stand up and you point your finger at Satan and go, oh, no, 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 no. That was the old me that used to fall for that. But I am a new creation in Christ. And you just throw your favorite verse right in his face, just like Jesus did when he was starving to death, having eaten for 40 days. So true, sister. So true. And the thing is, what Judy and I are exhorting you to do is to continue chewing on the word of God, making it a part of you. But one thing I want you to know is that even as you're renewing your mind to this new way of thinking, the enemy is still going to try to give you the impulse to go back to the old addiction, the old way of acting. If you remember in Luke chapter four, when he tempted Jesus after those 40 days of fasting, it said um, Jesus responded to him with the word of God and every temptation. But and it says the enemy left him. But it says he was looking for an opportune time to come back. So the enemy is often looking for opportunities to try to drag you back to that old addiction. And see, the thing is, though, and he knows this, is that we've trained our brains to react in that old way through repeated practice like a well-traveled tra- path. But remember this, just because we receive the impulse, the invitation does not mean that we have to accept it. We can choose to decline those invitations. So one of the things that we can do is make it easier for ourselves by identifying those things and people who are around us that make it easy to practice that old addiction. 
and then start setting boundaries to protect ourselves. And that's one of the things that is part of spiritual warfare is recognizing our weaknesses because the enemy sure knows them. But we have to recognize our temptations or areas of weakness and protect ourselves from them. So I'm going to go ahead and give you an action invitation because we're talking about hope and forgiveness and forgiving ourselves from those times when we have fallen short of the glory of God. And so this is one thing, and I've got three steps here that I want you to go through and just think about these things because forgiving ourselves to be able to say, okay, I messed up and giving ourselves grace for those mistakes and having a teachable spirit is going to be so important for us to live in hope and live in victory. So this is the first thing I'm going to ask you to do. And that is asking the Lord in prayer to give us courage to face those dark thoughts that drive an addictive mindset, which is the ironic thing is, it's the enemy who's bringing those dark thoughts to us. And we say to ourselves, oh, I feel so bad. I need to do something right now to make myself feel better. And you feel too ashamed and guilty to go to God. I have been there. And that's exactly what the enemy wants because his strategy is always divide and conquer. And the most important thing he wants us to be divided from is our relationship with God. He does not want us going to God, but that's what shame and guilt does. It makes us want to hide just like Adam and Eve from the very beginning when they sinned in the Garden of Eden. So we ourselves have to ask the Lord to give us courage to face those dark thoughts that the enemy brings to us and remind ourselves that the Lord is with us. He's promised to never leave nor forsake us. And then number two, to start writing down the thoughts that we have on a daily basis, those dark thoughts through journaling, because in that way we start to see how we're thinking in black and white objectively so that we can confront it with God's truth. And then finally, I'm going to ask that you listen to this session again to renew your mind to the truths that we cover from God's word, because the more that we abide in his word, the more truth that we will ingest and assimilate and that truth will set us free. So Judy, that's my topic for on hope and forgiveness. I want to find out if you have any other final comments and um, then we'll close out in prayer for our listeners. You know, Kim, I just want to speak second Corinthians 10 five over our listeners. So if you are hearing my voice right now, I am speaking to you and I want you in this moment to say your name and I want you to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Believe him, brothers and sisters, when he said, it is finished. He died for your sin. And when that dirty dog tries to convince you to go down the dark hole of guilt or shame or not good enough, you just cast down those arguments in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, sister. 
And the thing is, you're like, who are we to argue with God? That's the thing where it talks about arguing, casting out arguments. It's like the enemy is so prideful that he wants us to get ourselves in pride and argue with the truth from the word of God. And that is a losing battle all day long. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for our listeners. Thank you, sister. That's a great thing for our listeners to do to help themselves to get free of this. So gracious Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, we are so thankful for the truth that sets us free in your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that you create a hunger within our listeners for your word and that they make it a regular part of their lives, of their day, several times a day where they meditate upon your word, Father, and assimilate it so it becomes part of them. Let them humble themselves under your mighty hand in confidence that you will lift them up. And when they hear anything within that contradicts your words and argument, that they're going to be diligent to cast it down. Because, Lord, we want to cast down every high thing, which is pride, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And Lord, we know that if we allow thoughts like that to live within us, because this is against the knowledge of God, it contradicts life because Jesus himself said, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So our very lives depend on the knowledge of God. And that's what the enemy wants to rob us of, even as he robs us of hope. But we will not allow that to happen. So, Lord, I just pray for our listeners that they will take the action items that we talked about this week, that they will listen to this session again and that it will fill them with the joy of hope in believing. So we thank you, Lord. We give you honor, praise and glory in all things. Be glorified in our lives and in their lives, all of your children. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's uh, always a pleasure. Powerful, powerful scriptures. Yes, it's always a pleasure to unpack the word of God. And, and if he wills, then we will be back here next week unwrapping another topic around hope. So thank you, sister. Love you big. You have a great week. You too, sister. Bye-bye. Love you too. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word.